Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to The Recovery Radio. On KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Check out my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com, and to get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I'm so glad you were with me. I don't know. Your day's just getting started, or it's just winding down, or it's somewhere in the middle. Here we are. You and me. Grateful I have no desire to drink. The first drink's like an opponent in a boxing ring. And I can study that opponent. I could know about that opponent. I could talk about that opponent. I can do research about that opponent. I can go to physical therapy groups about that opponent. I can go to therapy about that opponent. I could learn about that opponent's background, why that opponent is my opponent. I could train. I could work out. But if that opponent shows up, I will eventually lose the fight. I might win a round or two or three or four or five or six or seven or more. But the bottom line is if that opponent shows up, I will lose. That opponent, I like to call the insanity of the first drink that the big book talks about. The three different mindsets describes concerning alcohol that will occur unless I am in fit spiritual condition. So my job is not to stay sober. My job is not to learn about my opponent and study my opponent. My job is to keep in fit spiritual condition. And a byproduct of that is that the opponent doesn't show up. And that's the only way I can win. 
as if the opponent just doesn't enter the ring. So today, woke up, I glanced around the ring, and lo and behold, the opponent has not shown up. <clears throat> I don't fixate on this. I don't stare at this. I don't dwell on this. I don't concentrate on this. But I notice this. And as soon as I notice it, I turn my attention toward living a life that warrants having been saved. I do, by the way, have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee from Trader Joe's mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. It's right here. When I say I'm grateful, I have no desire to drink today. This is why. And this is what I'm talking about. Our big book tells us a real alcoholic can go a long time sometimes without drinking. even before he has a spiritual awakening. Talks about that. Not every alcoholic becomes a continuous hard drinker. So it's very easy to be tricked by the absence of the desire to drink. Take it for granted and not really think about it. told you many times <laughs> the desire to drink returned for me when I was one year sober and it was hell I didn't drink but I well you can hear all about it in my second episode ever but I talk about it a lot, but learning about what to do to keep the opponent from returning to the ring has been paramount importance in my life. My whole entire life and existence have depended upon that. So I sit here today very grateful that I'm not confused. It is possible to know some things about recovery. I know. I've heard many times, as soon as you think you know something, you're in trouble. Or as soon as you think you've got this, you're in trouble. Or, soon, you know. Set aside prayer. Set aside everything you think you know about recovery. Just imagine if you were getting, if you were boarding a plane, the 
pilot was on his knees, setting aside everything he thought he knew about flying. I'd be like, please don't do that. Please tell me you know something. Incredible. The big book is like, you can know this above everything. We need to be rid of our selfishness above everything. You can know that. You can know that self blocks you from God. You can come to believe that God can remove whatever self blocks you from God. You can know that the solution will be to continue to get out of self. You can know that. You can know that. Somehow, well, the first couple of years of my sobriety, I didn't know that. My brain was very fussy with all of it. And wasn't explained to me the way I came to understand it later when I went through the book in a nonlinear fashion. Why, why, why is the desire to drink returned? I, I go to meetings all the time. I share all the time. I sponsor people. I pray. But I was just missing that key ingredient. Is not getting rid of my self-centeredness. I was going to meetings, but I was thinking about only me. I was praying, but I was playing God when I opened my eyes. I was sponsoring people, but I was consumed with fear and ego. didn't realize that above everything we alcoholics must be rid of our selfishness and God can remove that and I'm not stuck with that and it's not my alcoholism and there's a lot of things I didn't know that I learned and that have stayed with me that I have applied some huge things to know if the desire to drink returns. There's something wrong with my spiritual status. That's what the big book says. Check out this. Some sweet action right here. Page 101 in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. 
I'll just start mid-paragraph at the very top of the page. Talks about how people have said we can't have alcohol in our homes. We have to shun people who drink. We have to avoid movies that show drinking scenes. We can't go into bars. Our friends have to hide their bottles. We mustn't think of or be reminded about alcohol at all. Our experience shows this is not necessarily so. We meet these conditions every day. And this is what I wanted to read. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There's something the matter with his spiritual status. When a spiritual malady is overcome, we no longer have alcoholic mind. When we are in fit spiritual condition, the opponent is nowhere to be found. I have some guests coming up on this show. I think you're going to really love. And um, if you haven't, go to recoveryradiokmp3.com and check out the new merch. Merch is what they say on the street to abbreviate merchandise. A lot of people know that I'm street and born and raised in the streets and if you could see my body right now the position I'm making with my arms in the air you'd get it you'd be a little intimidated but you get it I'm street so check out the merch and um, if you want to get the books go to Amazon sarcastic big book sarcastic daily meditations more sarcastic daily meditations and the first two columns of four step 365 daily daily affirmations that won't help you a bit let's read from my favorite book more sarcastic daily meditations what's it say about march 10 <laughs> so dumb march 10th as long as, <laughs> as long as you do yoga you can be a terrifying asshole to your kids All right. If anybody needs to hear it, I'll say everything is okay. And um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna joke about male modeling today. It's not a joke. <laughs> I did um, post something on my Instagram related to this. Got some messages from people who put it all together. She guys are around. But anyways, I was at the gym and there was a story happening on the news, on the TV in front of me. And the headline was, should men wear tiny swimsuits? And the caption of the meme is, God working through the TV at my gym this morning. The answer obviously is yes. Tiny. If you have a beach bot like me, you should your your bathing shoots should be minuscule. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna leave that. Alright. 
I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go and try to live a life that's worth saving, and I hope you'll do the same.